0: Deep breath and welcome, welcome, welcome! To episode number forty-three of the Eavesdrop Podcast, Maddie, am I correct on the forty-three? Forty-three, it is. We have a very, very special guest, an honorable person, and I am, I am thrilled to have you here because there's not a lot of people in esports that have a longer tenure than I do in esports. Um, Actually, there's a bunch of people. Yeah, in there. I'm like, wait a minute. Most <laughs> no, of them been on just, your show already. Just me. Yeah, no, but yeah. <laughs> uh, really quickly, this uh, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped Hymns and Butcher Box, and I'll tell you a little bit more about them uh, as as the uh, as the podcast progresses. But Sir Scoots Scott, what's your last name? Smith. Smith. Believe I knew me. that. I knew that. Uh, Mr. Coca Cola Olympian himself, right? Isn't that you you worked at the Olympics? Sure, but not, not an Olympian. Like, no, you not, didn't not, compete. not as an athlete, yeah. No, no, not, no you no, competed. That's, so it's like me, right? Yeah. We have all the trophies here. I didn't do
1: anything exactly. to get them. That's exactly it.
0: Yeah, you know, but I helped, you know, and You're we part I, of the team. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely part of the team. I was there for all the headaches, uh, which is which is what counts. So I when I made this podcast, when I decided to make this podcast, I knew that you were going to be one of the people that I had to have on here because what I, what this has quickly evolved into for me is a sort of blip in time that cemented in time for people to go back. Because esports will be studied at some point sure. or another. And if we had this sort of medium, uh, whether it's the internet, radio, or whatever, back in the day when the you know this incredible country was being built, the thirteen colonies, the colonization of everything, this sort of thing would be studied. The conversations, the train of thoughts, sure. everything that that was happened. Uh, so I need, I knew that I needed to have somebody like you, and I and I am gonna try my damnedest to get everybody that has ever been a part of this thing involved in, in the podcast because I, I do think that people will study it. And although we will not be getting a million views this month on the podcast, in the future we will. I, I guarantee that all my all my things, will all my episodes will get up there in viewership. All right. What do you think?
1: I think goals are good things to have. Crazy goals? I don't know how crazy that is. You never know. You never know.
0: I don't think it's crazy. I think it's uh, it's it's very doable, especially because again, we are sort of a part of an invention that has taken off so quickly, but is still in its infancy. I think toddler. We're, we're, can we call esports the toddler yeah, I think that's phase? A good way to put at it. Yeah,
1: maybe kind of our little angry twos, maybe still a yeah, little bit with twos around, terrible twos, right? Terrible yeah, yeah, twos. Your dad, you know these things. Yeah. yeah, stomping around a little bit, maybe kind of figuring out our way still. But no more diapers. diapers. No more
0: diapers, yeah. When, when do you think the, that period ended? Now, I will, I will say diapers this. Diapers
1: ended when people started paying $25 million for a franchise in a city, maybe. I don't know. That's pretty adult.
0: That's very adult. <laughs> That's very adult. So two years ago then. <laughs> yeah, maybe a couple years two ago. Two years ago. i I say, I say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will um, say that I wore diapers until I was like, I think, 12. No. Okay, I'm totally. Well, yeah. I always, I always make that joke about my brother because he's because he, he did. No, <laughs> he, did. he still wears that. No, Wait. but he did use the bottle until he was like nine, and that's that's more of a parental thing. So, yep. mom, yep. I'm sorry that I'm telling the secrets. Yeah, that's her fault. Not yeah, um, and I think he wore diapers until he was like seven. Seven and a half. <laughs> he uh, hates you right about <laughs> now. He doesn't watch your stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, he uh, I need to have him on too, right? There he's you got, go. He's got a very uh, interesting, interesting insight into the behind the scenes of Optica coming up because he was the reason why I started making videos. At gotcha. the end of the day. So uh, enough about him and me. Let's talk about Sir Scoots, let's the legend. It. When did you start? You So I'm going to ask you, who are you today? Let's, let's sure. start there. Who are you today?
1: wow um i guess i'm trying to still figure that out like most of us are you know i think i'm pretty solid with who i am you know i'm a very outspoken advocate of player rights and all those kind of things in esports gamer Mm -hmm. all my life a gamer long before the word esports was you know developed or anyone was really competing you know i'm a little older than most people um i've shaved all my gray hair off so maybe i look a little younger yeah you you do i'm 53 no um, yeah 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 so i started gaming as a kid you know like my very first gaming experience would have been a handheld coleco mattel football game you know where you played the they, little, had they had handhelds yeah a little handheld then? mattel football game like 1970s beep 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 beep. Yeah, they move the little yeah you probably yeah, yeah. played like retro versions of this handheld thing but um and then ataris and all the consoles back then uh, arcades were yeah. big for me when i was growing up you yeah. know you saved your quarters you went and put your quarter up to beat the next guy yeah um so a lot of time in arcades um, I would say in this world, you know, um, 1999, um, you know, in 98, a game called Half-Life comes out on the PC and mm-hmm. changes the the PC genre of single player games. And then all these multiplayer mods started to come out on top of this game. And these two guys in Canada made this little mod called Counter-Strike. Mm. And that's really what kind of grabbed me in the idea of the competitive world of gaming and like yeah. playing with other humans.
0: Yeah. Um, how, how was the lag back then?
1: uh it was it was all based on the 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 network infrastructure was good but it was really all about your bandwidth right so you had people that were on dial-ups yeah right and if and then you know you started with like a 14.4 modem right but then they came out with 28.8 modems right and then you could take two of those modems and shotgun them as they call them together and you'd put them together like they do with video cards now yeah and then you had 56 and you if you were that so it was all the race of who who had the best modem yeah because that Def- definitely translated to your connection into the computer.
0: Yeah, easy with the tap. And, oh,
1: sorry, yeah, my nah, bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I no, had to. Enough. I literally had to force myself fair to not do that
0: because my audio guy was like, "Stop, bang. stop
1: doing that shit."
0: So it was all about your dial-up. Uh, where, where did you live at this time?
1: Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, basically. Okay, so yeah. in a, in, I've been in Phoenix for
0: quite a while. In, in a in near a major city, to where the infrastructure yeah. would be there, not in. Frisco, Texas, in those days, there was nothing but... Correct. Cattle. Cattle and... Yeah, and like rattlesnakes. Wagons and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Horses. No, it wasn't that. No, no. Oh, Actually, maybe. There might have been horses here, here still. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Like wild horses? Like Broncos?
1: No, I meant more like horses and carriages.
0: Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe, wild man. It, 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 it Texas, uh, which I have fallen in love with. I, I was born in Texas. Everybody knows that. Uh, but I fell in love with, with Texas and, and all its... Glory of, of of history and and being sort of the last to it, ad- it's insulting I think a little bit, but I'm not I don't mean it as an insult. Like uh, slow to adapt mm. to the future in a sense. Uh, not Frisco. Frisco is very progressive and it's an amazing city, the best city to live in in the United States.
1: It's blowing up, isn't it?
0: Yeah, shout out to shout out to my man uh, Mayor Cheney. That's my boy. There you go, Mayor yeah, yeah. Cheney. Yeah, he's the man. Last name, Mayor yeah. <laughs> Interesting last name, Mayor Cheney. Interesting last <laughs> name. Yeah, not, not the same guy. Uh, <laughs> I would hope it's not the same guy. No, no, Chris Chris Frisco might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris is still around. Um, I, I've been trying to get him on the podcast as well, so I can maybe a good yeah. Yeah, get his perspective on 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 what happened. So, um, anyway, so. So 1999, you start playing Counter-Strike, connection is good because you live near a major city. Uh, What was the scene like back then? Like at what point, okay, let me ask you this. You You know this answer. Where did competitive gaming start? And don't say Donkey Kong. You know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say it actually started with the fighting game community. I mean, in in, in earnest, obviously, there's been competitions here and there forever, whether it's the Donkey Kongs or or those kind of games. But I really think the fighting game guys with Street Fighter and those games, you know, in their arcade scene would probably have to be considered the first real competitive gamers in that sense.
0: Yeah, Um, and then for PC shooters... Counter-Strike is the mother of all mothers.
1: Yeah, I'd say Quake. Quake? Quake first, you know. Um, different game type. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 1v1 yeah. versus a team game, although there were team yeah, games Slasher Quake. keeps
0: talking about that. Still to this day, he talks you, about Yeah,
1: you have to, like, nod to Quake. Like, yeah, of is, course. It is the, one of the greatest, definitely the greatest dual game ever made. I mean, they had, you know, they capture the flag in different TDM kind of uh, yeah. team variants, but I would say, but Quake very quickly led right to Counter-Strike for a lot of people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have to almost put myself in a position where, Kids nowadays, and young adults for that matter, um, you know, see the new games that are coming out and don't tip the hat to the old ones because they never played it. And I I, I sort of feel, I I sort of understand that mindset because like, you know, Quake and Counter-Strike, I've never played those, Half-Life, Like, I I mean, I never really played those games. Uh, My my real interaction with my first game was that one, that same disc that's in there, Mm. Call of Duty 2 uh, on the 360, but... By then, uh, two thousand six, where like there has that there had already been millions of well not millions but hundreds of thir- tournaments yeah. in Counter Strike and the scene had already been established. At which point did you start into you know get into the actual esports side of it? What made you get into that?
1: I mean, I would say again before it was called esports, it, it would have been that same year because some of the guys I bumped into in a Counter Strike server were were in a clan and I didn't know what a clan was. To me, I, like when someone said clan to me, I'm thinking like Ku Klux Klan? Like, what are you talking about, clan? Mm-hmm. Like. Irish clan like what do you, uh, you know and that's what we called. that's what teams were called back then they were guilds if you were in MMOs or you were in a clan right and I was playing in a Counter Strike server and this guy's like hey you're doing great teamwork would you want to be in our clan and again as a you know older guy I'm like what the hell are you talking about and he explained it to me and I'm yeah. like oh like a team yeah he's like yeah we play every Tuesday and so leagues and those kind of competitions started up really quick with Counter Strike because there was already some precedent with Quake and other stuff so it was just they grabbed this team game they put it into league play we figured out how to play it you know, rules, the community figured out rules, like Alchemist, who's here with me right now, helped, you know, figure out overtime rules and how do we play this thing? And Europeans were playing it one way, we were playing it slightly different. So then universally, we came up with the way that we all play it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like 2000, like, or again, right after it came out, it got it got sucked right up. And yeah. CPL started using it, which was our big tournament organizer here in the States, here in Texas, actually, you'd come to Dallas twice yeah. a year and yeah. play at a CPL event and kind of test your metal, you know?
0: And did you start out as a player or did you go straight to management?
1: I did play for this team, UGP, for a very brief Which time. Which stood for? Yeah, Unitary Gorilla Platoon. Still love the coolest it. clan name ever. UGP. I don't know. There, there
0: used to be this uh, this clan in Call of Duty 2 called SWAT.
1: SWAT's good. Yeah,
0: SWAT's good. And there was like this... this uh, What I love about that period in time is that everybody came up with the cool names. It
1: was all cool names, right? Yeah. Like nothing... Mar- you weren't thinking about marketing and no. sponsors. No, and no, like, no, no. oh, is that PC friendly, you know? Yeah. And I didn't come up with the name. It was already made up. Um, and uh, I was playing on it and then very quickly realized like, look, there's way better kids than me. Let me try to run this little clan and again, like run as in organized practices and stuff, not necessarily sponsorship deals yeah, or anything yeah. like that. it is now. Um, but we'd go to CPLs, we'd save our money and I'd help kids buy plane tickets. And we'd come to these CPL events to literally get our ass kicked by everybody else. Cause we wanted, that's how you, that's how you got better, right? So yeah. you'd let the euros, you know, you'd save all your money. You'd bring your computer to Dallas. And then, you would have to bring your own computer. Yeah, so you bring your own computer, um, you know, they had tournament machines where you'd step to for the tournaments, but literally it was a big BYOC where everyone practiced and then you just step up and go play on their computer. Got it. But even some of the earlier rounds you played on your own computer, yeah, yeah, you didn't yeah. go to the tournament area and the earlier CPLs and just fell in love with the idea of like, this is like a sport to me. This mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. this is just like it. You know, like these guys are really good. We've got a rule set. People were starting to radio broadcast, you know, um, You know, there were radio stations that were kind of forming before video was easy to capture. Um, and then very quickly led to video capture, guys like DJ Weed and other people were like, oh, we can go to the next level and make it start looking like, like a sport we watch, right? Yeah. Um, and at that time, again, I was doing UGP, but there were a bunch of guys in North America that had formed this media company called Got Frag. And they were sports guys that were into Counter-Strike. Mm-hmm. And, and they had a team called RDW, before they started Gough Ragan, they sent, all the, all the guys went to Dallas, except for like a couple guys stayed home. And there was no way to to find the scores, right? There was no easy way to find out who was beating who. So these guys at RDW, you know, there was no websites that were covering yeah. it. Yeah, there yeah. Was, you know, there was no Twitter. There was no easy, instant gratification of like, who won that match, there was right? No YouTube. Yeah, no YouTubes. Um, and so these guys at RDW, this one guy at home said, just tell me the scores and I'll put them on the website. And so they started tracking all the scores that weekend, not only their teams, but everybody's team. And they kept crashing their hosting service because everybody realized, like, oh, shit, we can get all the, the Euros could read how the Euros were doing. And the light bulb went off on Midway and all these sports guys' minds, um, like, there's something here. There's, 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 content is king, as we always say, right? And so out of them crashing their server all weekend, they went, let's form an ESPN type website where we really cover this. And Midway, Trevor, big sports journalist kind of guy. So, you know, he took the helm of it. Um, and then Got is born. I joined those guys uh, about a year or two after they start. And uh, to kind of help them just kind of organize it, did, did kind of editor work. I'm not a writer myself, not really a journalist in that sense, but helped organize the logistics of the content creation and the flow of it. Did that for a little while. We got bought. Gottfried got bought by MLG mm-hmm. um, when MLG was on their big hiring spree of buying companies, kind of yeah. when, when Sepso and, and, and Sundance were kind of to the side and they brought in Mike Bromberg and all those guys from the AOL world to kind of – they were trying to boost their portfolio – to then maybe sell the espn as a company right so we yeah. were one of the companies they grabbed to to build under them uh they they, they gave us a bunch of money so we opened a, a little thing called got tv and we were able to actually start broadcasting events and again take the video idea and like sports it up right uh, so we had a small little studio in phoenix did that for a little while mlg kind of changed directions they pulled our financing and basically said you know got i'm not really sure about it anymore you know but we like a couple of you guys, well, you moved to New York, right? Yeah. And we were all like, yeah, you're going to dump Counter-Strike. You're going to yeah. dump the website. You want me to move to New York to help you with Halo? Mm, not, not, not my game. Yeah, yeah. And no offense to the Halo guys, right? No, no, I mean, that, but that's their bread and butter, yeah, right? And so, yeah. uh, you know, Jason and I both kind of said thank you, but no thank you. We'll we'll go into the freelance world. Um, and But that's kind of what got me in to both the team side with UGP and then the media side and the idea of content creation and covering it yeah. on the goth rag side.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, I had Sundance here. He told me the, the story about you know that, that, but he didn't go into into the details uh, of it. So um, I respect the fact that you said not my thing, you know, yeah. because you, you had a job to do in the sport that you love. And that to me. It's awesome because you need to be passionate about the thing that you like. I don't. I would have never gotten to where I am if I didn't love Call of Duty the way that I love Call of Duty. You know, when people talk about whether or not you know the the, the franchising thing is gonna is, is gonna work or not, that's to be determined, totally. right? TBD. Yep. But I I never I never looked at anything that I do through the eyes of is this entire thing gonna 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 work? I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on my thing and I'm gonna try to make my thing as successful as I can and if I can help. Everybody else that's doing the same thing that that I'm doing or that's a part of, especially now that we're all attached in the same league, yeah, it makes it easier for me to share ideas, strats as to how to build something something bigger because our our wagons are all hitched to. I don't know the, the the same, but you know what I'm saying. I'm with you. And, uh, and you know, for for me, the confidence comes from the fact that I've been doing Call of Duty for since 2005. You know, and I love, I know the space. More importantly, I know the audience and what the audience likes to see. The same way that you know what the Counter Strike audience likes needs wants and you know that is the same way that i feel about this thing which is where the confidence comes from if i didn't if if i didn't feel confident about this you better believe i would have been the first one fucking running. yeah
1: and it's one of those things that you know the old saying goes like you know what's the gal that brought you to the dance right go home with that gal right Mm -hmm. like again we were we were deep in counter Strike, the game was still blowing up but again mlg was changing financial tact, and i'm not a guy that would live in new york city that was also part of it for me it's like even if I would've been a halo guy, it would've been like, ah, oh, New York City, man, i like to visit it, but I don't know if I could live here, mate, you know? Um, so it just all lined up that we both, like, and Jason very similar, like not a big city guy like that. You yeah. But um, so just, you know, uh, turned, said no, no thank you. And we both went freelance, Jason went back to his real job. I, I always had uh, an event logistics job that I was doing on the side, you mentioned Coca-Cola. So mm-hmm. during most of this, until actually evil geniuses later, I was doing both jobs. I had my real career because it was a freelance thing, yeah. so I could take gigs and not take gigs. Yeah. So I could work it around my my gaming stuff, but I always always had that to fall back on. So when MLG is like, "Hey, this is the deal," I was like, "No, nope, I'll just go back to my little world again and figure out what I can do next in gaming."
0: Yeah. So you go into the freelance world, and what is what does that look like? You 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 used to work at the Olympics. You worked the Olympics. I don't know. This is these are all like legends.
1: Tweet tweet. <laughs> Uh, tweet, <laughs> legendary tweets that I've seen throughout the years. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I my career, my old career was event logistics for corporations, throwing mm-hmm. big events. So it could be hospitality events, it could be trade shows. Give me an Product example. launches. Um, Olympics is a a good example. So Coca-Cola is a primary sponsor of the Olympics. So when they do the Olympics, they get tickets, they get hotel rooms, they get all sorts of stuff. They then use that stuff to schmooze their clients. Mm -hmm. They bring in the vice presidents of McDonald's, all the people that buy their products, uh, could be world leaders, could be celebrities that they endorse. And they basically throw a party. And I was part of the team that helped orchestrate that party. Event logistics, right? So that's the exciting stuff. So we would go to Olympics, we'd take them to big events, you know. Um, But then I would also do... Product launches at you know the Dallas Convention Center, where it might be five thousand Pfizer reps learning about the new drug that Pfizer is going to sell that year, and then getting trained, and mm-hmm. it's all the logistics of making sure the meeting rooms are all right, the food and beverage is all right, kind of like a a concierge group that travels yeah. specifically for a group of people. That's insanity. Yeah, and so that took me all over the world for. I would have lost years. all my
0: hair if I did that.
1: It was it was cool. It, it's like it's like basically you're a hired gun, right? It's all you do. Um, so you don't you don't have any long-term ownership, you know, you come do the gig and then you get out. Yeah. Right. Um, so really cool in that sense, but not, not something that's got a super necessarily like after a while, it's like, okay, another hotel, another flight, another Olympics. Yeah. I did eight Olympics. I did three yeah. world cups. Jesus. i did five masters at the Augusta. Right? God damn. That, that will always be cool. But, but eventually <laughs> it's like any other job. You're like, Oh yeah. fuck, I got to go where again. Can I swear shit too late? No, you're good. Um, so even that got a little mundane, but I could, but it, it I kept all my context, so I could just fall back into it. So I started doing more and more of that, and of course, out of Got Frank TV, we were both pretty good at producing and directing shows. So I started freelancing, directing, did stuff for ESL. Starcraft Two starts blowing up a little bit, so I was doing freelance production work uh, for people, directing shows, calling shows, that kind of stuff.
0: That's so crazy, dude. So you know, you went from traveling a whole bunch. Into esports, where you're required to travel a whole bunch On uh, a different budget, mind you. Yeah, yeah from it,
1: Ritz-Carltons yeah. to like not Ritz-Carltons, yeah. you know, yeah, in yeah, the sense yeah. of where you're staying. So,
0: w- what year did you join uh, Evil Geniuses, and how did that come about?
1: <sighs> Let's see. When would? Oh boy, I'm not good with years anymore.
0: Yeah, and if you can put in a good word with Alex, I'd like. I'd like to sit across the like, Alex uh-huh. would be good on your podcast. Uh, uh, yeah. incredible! Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Slowly,
1: kind of making his way back into yeah, esports. Yeah, yeah. Um, what a bang mind. When did I'm gonna Jason? When did we? 2008 um jason's my yeah he's got more brain cells than me he's younger um i'd known uh, during the Got frag time uh, i had met this young little kid alex garfield and we used to always joke he he got involved with evil geniuses because he was friends with some of their canadian they were a canadian team that started with quake before alex very small just a couple guys doing Quake. they then added a counter-strike team canadian counter-strike team uh, Alex, if I recall, was going to school with a couple of them or knew a couple of them, Bloodshot and a few other guys. And their management dipped. And they had a manager who had, had got some sponsorship deals. And this guy, Mo, like dipped with the money, supposedly bought a yacht, like that mm-hmm. kind of story. Right. So they reached out to Alex and said, hey, man, will you just help us, man? Like, we just need some plane tickets to go to this event. You know, I you know was getting paid back then. It was like, you just need travel. Right? Yeah. And Alex was like, yeah, man, I love you guys. I'll see what I can do. And so the, the other guys that were kind of the quake guys had disappeared. So he you know, took over the Evil Geniuses brand. It was just these Canadian guys and started knocking on doors and literally just started getting them more and more business, more and more deals. And from that, slowly grew that into a beast. So while he was doing that, I was at Gothrag. Mm-hmm. And so he would show up at events and, and he'd be like, hey, actually backtrack a little bit he's the one that got me into got frag originally because he he was working for got frag working volunteering for got frag and he was running their like movie review department back then much like you guys make movies people are making counter-strike frag movies right and all sorts of high-end crazy movies right and so got frag had a movie section where you could go watch the movies download the movies and
0: And you're talking about like montages yeah, yeah like yeah
1: like yeah exactly yeah um and he was starting a little system where they were gonna rate him. So he would have a few people and you would leave a review. Like, what'd you think of that? Oh, good, eight out of 10, whatever. So he reached out to me, he's like, hey, would you just watch movies and review them, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds pretty easy. Yeah, what I, and so that got me into their IRC channels where all the staff was, right? And they're like, what the fuck is Scoot's doing in our channel? What's an IRC? I, you don't even know, man. Inter- internet relay chat, It's a, it's chat, typing. It's Twitch chat, but yeah. with your own server. Got it. Right. It's like yeah, Discord. Everyone had their anything. own, yeah, but just text. Yeah. And everyone had an IRC channel. You would go there, right, and hang out and idle in their channel. That's how you talk back and forth.
0: Did it take time for the message to be relayed? No, it was quick. Okay. It was quick. Because um, I, I, there's a there's a video game museum here in Frisco <laughs> where they literally tell you, this is how long it used to take, and then you push a button, and then you see the light, and then it goes into the other receiver. And I'm like,
1: oh, no, man, it was pretty quick. Okay, good. Uh, And so – From that point, so I did a little bit of that, and it never really became of the the, the movie review thing, but that's how I kind of got to know Alex a little better, and then every time, and so he starts doing this EG thing, and so he's always like, hey, will you come help me? You know, he knew I was a little older, a little more worldly, a little more business experience, and I'm like, Alex, why in the hell would I go work for your little team, because he wasn't like the complexities of the day, he wasn't 3D back then, like he wasn't the big dog, right? I'm like, why would I go work for you? Like, uh, I'll use the term Dallas Cowboys. But like, why would I go work for the Dallas Cowboys when I work for ESPN? Right, like, we cover everything. Why would I? Why would I step down in yeah. that sense? And it was always very playful. And he's like, all right, all right. Well, you let me know, right? You let me know. So fast forward, he's built he he builds this thing into a monster of a team because while I'm at Gottfrag, CGS, this Championship Gaming Series debuts yep. in North America. Right, and I don't know if any of your guests have talked about it, but. It was DirecTV's product, and they you know, jammed these wacky franchises together. They had to play several different games. So what happened is Jason Lake sold Complexity to the CGS. Mm-hmm. So that brand leaves the open ecosystem. Yeah. Craig Levine sells Team 3D, the two biggest teams in North America. They have all the marketing deals. They leave, right? Jack's Money Crew, another smaller team, goes basically— pandemic all these different teams basically get sucked into the cgs and they're not allowed to take any other sponsors with them yeah all clean all free and clear right so lake's team becomes like the dallas complexity and new york 3d they all get city branded they but they never had to move to cities It's a little different franchise model not a franchise model um but what happened is alex garfield his counter-strike team left to go play in the cgs but he stayed at eg and then was able to knock on everybody's doors because they were all looking for teams and all the top teams had left so that he ends up with intel he ends up with razor he ends up with all the top of all the categories and builds from there so he's rocking and rolling this GoFrag thing falls apart eventually we all leave then he knocks on my door as a smart ass he is and he's yeah. like okay i'm a little bigger now yeah right yeah. now do you want to come work with me you know yeah. what i'm
0: like Hmm. What failed b- before we go out? What failed and got and got frag? What was it that, well, that 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 led to its? Uh...
1: I think um, I think a f- I think a couple things. I think a we were bought for the wrong reasons. We mm-hmm. weren't bought to be developed to be a bigger m- content machine yeah. and develop more games like we had done with Counter Strike. We were bought to add to a portfolio to be sold. Mm-hmm. Right, simple as that. And when uh, and it's also pre Twitch, pre free bandwidth, free pre any of that stuff so it's much harder to sell that product those products right so you know, we can't monetize you i don't think they tried to monetize this as well you know because they were also trying to monetize halo yeah. and their tour and everything they were doing right um so i think it was a combination of like we got to trim the fat so we're going to trim this this and this right um and again the 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 the, the crash hits right because that's also hurts cgs silicon valley crashes all that kind of stuff that recession kind of hits so everyone's marketing dollars got a little tighter. Um, And we were, they're not going to close New York, so they're easier to close us in Phoenix, right? Um, It's unfortunate um, that it happened, but in retrospect, like, everything happens for a reason, right? Your journey is meanders, right? Good and bad, right? Good, yin and yang karma. So just part of the journey, you know? Um, If it doesn't happen, who knows, right? Um, So then... Again, doing some freelancing, then I do join Alex, right? I'm like, you know what, Make, give me a piece of this thing, I'll come play with you, right? And so I did that for a couple of years. I still did a little bit of freelancing on the side, but then we were able to build, you know, this is then now Starcraft II blows up, um, and we were able to kind of really take EG to the next level. Right? Mm-hmm. We were the first one to sign a big monster, you know, Monster came in because of EG, like they're here everywhere now. Yeah. Monster didn't touch eSports until EG, we were the yeah. first one. Red Bull was already here mm-hmm. doing other stuff. Um, so that's how I kind of finally went to work with Alex.
0: Man, what was your your title? COO. CFO? I was CEO,
1: COO mostly, and yeah. then there was a brief time that I was CEO. He mm-hmm. took a little sabbatical, and I took over for a little while. As yeah. he kind of figured out what he wanted to do with life, yeah. He, he, he's a, he's one. He I think Alex aspires to do some musical stuff, musician kind of stuff, and he just needed a break from the grind. And, yeah. You know, so I was like, I'll take over for a while, but you're not going anywhere. Just go take a break. You know. And then he came back, and you know, I, I shifted back to COO, and he was CEO again.
0: Very cool. Um, at what point? Were you there? When did you leave? Because you, I don't. Were you there? Obviously, you still had ownership when when they got bought by. Yeah, Twitch, I had left
1: you. about a year and a half or so before the buyout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe 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 even two years. Yeah, about a year and a half, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just, um it was. I'm a very outspoken guy. Maybe you don't know that. Maybe no, never, no, yeah, I've, yeah, never yeah, gotten that. Yeah, I'm not a shy guy at all. And it got to a point where. Uh, a couple things. I had, I had chicked off some bucket lists in my mind of helping EG. Like I was very proud of what we had accomplished, you know? Um, but we were, I was on live on three, very popular talk show at the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and we, we had this environment that is actually not so different than it is now, but it was the start of this like cancel culture, outrage culture about stuff, right? Um, before it was called that, before it mm-hmm. had a name. Yeah. And you had to be really careful what your players said or what you said, because kids would start writing emails to sponsors, right? And we had some very outspoken StarCraft guys, Idra, Huck. Yep, yep. Um, and I am a very outspoken guy and it was a, it was a very, I mean, we, esports has always been Wild Westy, right? But it was very Wild West, bad owners, bad players, bad TOs, people not getting paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why Live on 3 started, me, Rod and Marcus were like pissed. And so it was a very angry podcast yeah. for quite a while because we were very much wanted to call out the bullshit before us, right? And what I started feeling internally, not really from anyone, was that I'm losing my voice here mm-hmm. because I now represent evil geniuses. I never wore a branded T-shirt, but you know the vibe, right? You're an owner of it. You still got to be respectful of now what you say yep. does reflect on yep. your sponsors yep. because some kid's gonna get pissed off and he's gonna write steel series. Did you see what Scott said on that? Pod? That's unacceptable. And and again, I don't I don't use you know racist terms. I don't use homophobic terms. I was always very I'm not worried about those things, but mm-hmm. I swear. And I'm outspoken about shit. I'm gonna call bullshit on a, on a peripheral sponsor. I'm gonna, cl- yeah. but then I started going, wait, are people gonna think I'm calling out that sponsor because I'm sponsored by the other one, mm. right? And so I was really like, I'm losing myself yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love what I'm doing, but I'm absolutely losing myself in this. So I had a nice long talk with Alex and they were already planning on kind of moving. A bunch of them wanted to get in a brick and mortar building because you can be more productive when you're together with your creatives. And so they were already kind of thinking about moving to san francisco i had opened the lair which was where all the starcraft players in lived phoenix. In, in phoenix yep. and that was great right for what it was but again a lot of it was shifting towards san fran and i said alex i'm never moving and i'm not moving to san francisco with you like i, I live here this is my home um and so, no
0: one's gonna want to spend all
1: that fucking no cheese. no and i love where i live man yeah. um and so i was like you know all these things lined up that you know maybe it's a good time for me to to step down right because i'm really I don't like this anymore, right? And I and some of it, uh, I, and uh, I think I've had some conversations on some interviews about some of the like Huck and I used to go round and round, you know. He was kind of devish. We've, mm-hmm. we've, you know, mm-hmm. he was a young. You, you get to a point as an adult where you're kind of tired of babysitting, and there was a little bit of that with some of our players. Not there yet. And, and that's every player, you know. Uh, not every player's like that, but yeah. like sometimes I'd sit back and go why am I busting my ass for this kid? He seems so ungrateful, Yeah. right? And again, kid, he's living his own life. He's got his own problems, right? So like I'm re- just reading a side of it, right? And I was like, I don't like how any of this is, this is turning me into a different guy. Kind of, I'm yelling at players, I'm, I'm an asshole. I'm, I'm an asshole anyway, but it was the wrong kind of asshole. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I need to course correct here. And so I did, I'm like, I've helped. We achieved all these great things, Alex, I'm leaving. Yeah. Um, and again, none of us had any idea. Is it being an block.
0: asshole though? If you're just being outspoken, though, my, my be- wife says that I'm the nicest asshole anybody's ever gonna meet.
1: Uh, I guess it's how you dep- how you determine what an asshole is. Yeah. I mean, I'm very outspoken. Um, if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm coming at you, you're gonna think I'm an asshole, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I don't know if Joe Blow at home thinks I was acting like an asshole, right? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that I just kind of amicably said, "Hey, man, like, been here, done that. Time Not to move on." Kind of think, Not for my freedom. Not worth it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they understood it, right? And I think on their side, they also probably got that they saw the change in me. Yeah. You know? And uh, it was just like, yeah, time to do something else, man. Yeah. No.
0: But it was good, though. It was a good was separation. Good. Yeah. Yeah,
1: good separation. Again, I had no idea that they would end up selling a couple of years later. Like, yeah. I, you know, that was all just gravy.
0: Yeah. Would that have changed your, your Um plan?
1: No, because my shares were my shares. Yeah. Um, I, I guess if anything, oh, there was one point where during the negotiation, because they kept, me, they kept me in the loop because yeah. I, I had the paper right yeah and alex was like would you come back you know um and and live with work with us in at twitch in san francisco i'm like no mm-hmm. but thank you for asking yeah no <laughs> like it's still like still it doesn't no. change the reasons i left right yeah. i mean yeah better paycheck and benefits and all those goodies at twitch but incredible no. weather yeah and, yeah no thanks I'll, I'll, no. St- I'll take the heat in phoenix for the summer to the year round whatever san francisco might offer yeah
0: right? i don't know yeah. I'm i i I used to feel the same way until I moved here to Texas. Now, the, the hotter it gets, the better for me. Twenty-four winters in Chicago is just more yeah, than enough. You have for me. humidity,
1: though. We see we have the dry. It is a dry heat. There is a yeah. difference. You, yeah, you get to, it's sticky I, here today.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. All right, let me let me take a quick break to say hello yep. to the sponsors. But right after that, I want to ask you about when Optic came to the scene in year and, and then you being super upset at the fact that we had uh, paintball jerseys on. Do you <laughs> do you remember that? you you and Fuyas got into this mess anyway let's uh give me give me a second we'll cover back
1: i don't know if i remember that no
0: you do it was awesome i was looking for the tweet to bring it up and be like yo do you remember this but it didn't. but let me give a quick shout out to our sponsors this week for the first time ever ever thank you so much and i was i've been waiting for this i've been waiting for this i've been waiting for this i am a big fan of bacon and meat so butcher box coming in super hot um with, with a sponsorship for the podcast, you know, when it comes to meat, quality matters. But there's more to it than just texture and tastes, okay? Uh, you got to take into consideration the cost of meat, obviously, the accessibility of the meat, and not everyone has a convenient access to the high-quality meat that you all deserve, that I deserve, okay? It can be literally very hard for you to find 100% grass-fed, finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage breed pork or wild caught salmon at the grocery store as I'm reading this I'm quickly finding out that it's not just about beef up in this we got everything all walks of animal life tasty animal life it's gonna be good uh luckily there's ButcherBox. ButcherBox believes that everyone deserves high quality humanely sourced meat love that very very uh very you know f- towards that um It's really easy to have ButcherBox meat just show up at your door. Never be without something to cook for dinner because there's always meat in the freezer. Wildless trip to the grocery store and a better and more affordable selection too. All right. I have personally uh, not received it yet but I have heard so much about it and I've done so much research on it that I know a buddy of mine has it and I know like the, the bacon is what's the most impressive part about it, but I do appreciate the fact, obviously, you can get chicken, salmon, and obviously uh, the beef. All right, ButcherBox is no-brainer. It's the best meat shipped right to my door, which means one less trip to the grocers, uh, options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, as I just mentioned, heritage pork, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar-nitrate-free Bacon. Bacon, bacon, bacon. And right now, uh, ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life. Excuse me? Ground beef for life. That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of the subscription, plus $20 off of their first box. Just go to butcherbox.com forward slash eavesdrop or enter promo code eavesdrop at checkout. That's butcherbox.com forward slash eavesdrop or promo code eavesdrop at the checkout. I'm going to give it to you one more time slowly this time so you guys don't miss out on this crazy opportunity. ButcherBox.com forward slash E-A-V-E-S-R-D-R-O-P or enter promo code eavesdrop at checkout. Hims, hymns, 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 him Back again, Scott, this isn't about you, but obviously this is important, okay? The problem is that 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. The thing is, is that by the time that you start your notice your hair loss, it's a bit too late. Not fully late, but it's a bit too late. It's easier to keep the hair that you have now than to replace the hair that you're gonna lose. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Any ball spots yet? Do you want a bald spot to pop out or do you want to do something about it first? You definitely want to do something about it first. You don't wanna wait. You wanna do you wanna be proactive on this thing. So why do you guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing? When they can turn to medicine and science, forhims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual awareness for men. Okay, for men, Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. Well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. No snake oil pills or gas station counter s- supplements. If you've ever bought stuff from the counter from 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 the gas station besides gas and snacks you need to reconsider what it is that you're doing okay prescription solutions backed by science no waiting room no awkward per, in, in in person doctor visits save hours by going to fourhims.com it's super easy products are shipped directly to your door and right now, if you order, all of my listeners, all the listeners of the Eavesdrop podcast get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. Okay, you have to go to the website to see the full details and safety information. This would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy. Go for hymns.com slash eavesdrop. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com forward slash eavesdrop for hymns.com slash eavesdrop uh, to get your $5 off on the, on the trial Four hymns at fourhymns.com forward slash eavesdrop. And last but certainly not least, Manscaped. Manscaped is the number one immense below the belt grooming product ever. I received, I mean, we received a whole bunch of stuff, Maddie. Maddie I gave you, uh, uh, and, and Scott, I might give you some of these towelettes that to keep you fresh on travel day specifically. When you get can't get to your hotel right away and you're in an Uber, don't do it in the Uber. Just wait. You know what I'm saying. But this would help. You know, this would this would totally help if you if you get your own car. at the, at the thing, it'll be the, the the best thing that you do. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's called the Landmore the Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It won't Manscaped and accidents are finally a thing of the past. I used to have a friend in high school, by the way, that used scissors to trim, ended up in the hospital. I'm not going to say that that his name is Robert, okay, and I'm not going to tell you that his brother is one of my best friends, Angel. So I'm not going to tell you who it is, but he had that problem. So I'm gonna, I'm actually going to get his address, Matt. remind me to get his address so we can send him some of this for him to never have that issue again. All right, so don't use the trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Agreed, 100%. Uh, Manscape also has the crop preserver, an anti-chafing, ball deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put on deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Some people. Uh, get 20% off free shipping. Plus, okay, 20% off plus free shipping with the code eavesdrop at manscaped.com. That is M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, and use the code eavesdrop to get that. Get 20% off free ship plus free shipping with code eavesdrop at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Forward, oh, by using the code eavesdrop. mmm Get with it. So, huge shout out to all three of those sponsors for sponsoring the podcast. And I hope that you guys come back. Thank you so much. And you guys can help by going and dropping and giving them a try. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but help the podcast out, give them a try. And let's go. Definitely, definitely give them a try. So, huge shout out to uh, obviously Manscaped, Hims, and Butcher Box. I don't have the bacon from Butcher Box this summer around, but. Mm. When I get it, I'll ship you some. All right, so there was this- You heard that, right? Yeah. Don't cut it. Yeah, that. yeah. No, don't cut it. I'm, I'm sending you some. Um, When we first stepped onto the scene, you were, I don't know, you're, you're outspoken as you were, but you were like super anti the jerseys that we were wearing. Uh, and they were like paintball jerseys. And you made a tweet about it. And then Fwiz Called you old or something? And I'm talking about like 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Now I think I never because I think I watched you on the B. I think I watched the team on the B stream, like in the yeah. little island at MLG. You know, you had yeah, the little B stream. nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What? Uh, how, how did that? Did that change anything? Like, obviously, like obviously, esports evolves and everything's an ever-changing thing. But at what point did you see the change in tides? Where it's like it's not you know these the, the console thing may become something like big that's the other thing about the as I was talking about earlier on the franchising thing like if I were to listened to everybody from the beginning that said Call of Duty because it's a console is not going to be very big esport in and this and the other, like I don't think that I don't think that that, that ever crossed my mind as, as a as like a like a like an impediment of something that I wouldn't do because of what other people thought and you know obviously that now it's becoming a little bit more and I say now I mean like the last five years has been a little bit easier for, between the keyboard and mouse console. It becomes sure. it, it becomes more of a of, of a meme than anything nowadays. Um but did did you see like a like a true change in, in, in from an outside perspective, obviously, in the console esport movement once uh I I don't remember what changed and I was right there for it front and center, and I don't remember what it was that changed that made other people be like, Okay, this is sort of becoming something.
1: I think in some regards um well first off call of duty 4 on pc pro Mm -hmm. mod best version of call of duty ever agreed so i I wish i
0: wish that i would have started on pc because i'm nasty i don't know if you've seen my battalion 1944 uh clips but i'm disgusting go on
1: um i think well because i think we as pc guys got a taste of mlg earlier than a lot of other pc guys because again they bought us so we went to some of their events we actually learned we taught them like Back in the day, MLG would record on DVDs, yeah. then edit it and put all the stuff up. So we, literally Jason and I showed Ryan and those guys how to live broadcast your stuff, how to put graphics up. And mm-hmm. I switched their very first live Meadowlands event at their switcher for them as they learned everything. But th- that was the first thing going to MLGs opened my eyes to basically a whole other world of competitive gamers. Cause I was a PC guy. Yeah, I knew consoles, I had a console, but not in a competitive me- And so walking in and seeing this, those events period were like, Oh, shit, there is a whole other world that's not CPL, mm-hmm. right? That's not our world that's doing the exact same shit, right? I think where it really blew up was when we had the merge, when MLG started to do PC stuff. They started with WoW. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when StarCraft Two blew up and you had the best console players in the building and the best StarCrafters in the building, that was a really interesting dynamic. Yeah. You got it. the bros... And the weebs, right? Yeah. It was very interesting dynamic. <laughs> yeah. And some of those bars at night were very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the Anaheim nights, man, were, yeah. were crazy. But I think that's when I think that's when the light bulb went off for a lot of us because again, that's when we were starting to get free bandwidth. We could mm-hmm. stream. Mm-hmm. There was a way to make money on the broadcast side of it, um, and that's certainly when MLG started to ramp up. Um, and that's when I think I think that, those StarCraft Two events was really when I was like they're just gaming on a different platform, man. But mm-hmm. They're just as goddamn good, yeah. right? And obviously at EG, we had console players as well, right? Um, so, and I, I, you know, you can have the debate of like, you know, aim, you have aim assist, you need that, don't you? Because your controller's so shitty, mm-hmm. right? Versus, but that's all, like, I don't give a what,
0: what I've realized as a console player, now an excellent PC player, is the fact that it's harder
1: it is harder to, to aim. use
0: two thumbs. It's so much harder. It's crazy to aim. when I just point and click. I'm disgusting. Yep. Uh, but uh, you know, to me that this obviously never been a been a big thing because at the end of the day, it's like we're just playing a different sport or yep. with a different bat. Exactly. Um, uh, baseball. T- to those who don't know what it is, it's a it's a it's a it's a very old game here in the United States where you where you hit a ball and then you run bases. For those who you <laughs> don't know what baseball yeah. is. Um,
1: but your point about the jerseys, I think yeah. the point I made because we were coming from this. Fairly traditional. We're still in t shirts. It's it's like a NASCAR. (laughs) Yeah. And it's logoed. Yeah. And you guys were already coming from a fashion, creative, different vibe. I mean, you were building the green Mm -hmm. wall, Mm -hmm. right? And so all your shit was always a little different, right? You had. You had pro teams on your world that were more like us in the sense of how they dressed and how they wore mm-hmm. their shit, but you guys were already kind of pushing this different vibe. Yeah, right? I, I think th- I gave quiz shit about that. Like, yeah, we, we were. Wearing?
0: We're the first ones to bring paintball jerseys to the thing, and then the, the after that, every Call of Duty team had yep. it. I mean, to this yep. day, it's. I mean, you see the the reverbs of of that switch. That even EG switched over to a more jersey like, but oh, you yeah. guys, I, I love the fact that you guys had the the T shirt for me was like so iconic to the brand of EG that I was just like why would you ever change that you know what I'm saying yep. so what I did was that I obviously with with a business mind wanted to sell t you know as much merch as we can I used to have on Friday all the pros would wear the pro t-shirt which had the the is just a logo and the and the sponsors and then on Saturday it would be the black jerseys and then on the Sunday the championship white jerseys because it was all about like i didn't know so you already had the game on that
1: though you didn't yeah, know it
0: no i didn't know i, I didn't know it. what i knew is that i needed to pay for the next event what i knew is that i needed to fly me more importantly than you know and the players to events and i knew that i need to sell t-shirts and at the same time create the culture that that we ended See, up and that's know, being.
1: so opposite like because even to this day like the pc teams are catching up on merch right mm-hmm. we merch was an expense to us right what do you mean sell our shirts like jesus we can barely make them to give them to the players but yeah. you they were just a billboard for mm-hmm. us right you got so it, that's how we got paid but you were already not getting paid that way so in the meantime you were figuring out how to get paid which is your own merch yeah but that built a fan base yep that you can't like what a way to build it, yeah. right? Like it's it, it's big brain thinking before you even think about yeah, it. yeah. The
0: the, the look, as 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 much as I like to consider myself a good businessman now that I've you know did what I did it, it, back in the day, and I and I say I've said this to many many businessmen with degrees and stuff that I that I've spoken to. Um, that I am glad that I didn't go to business school and know that raising money was an option. Yeah, you know, I didn't know that borrowing money was an option. I just it never hit my brain. It was always about how do we make more money? How do we make more money? How do we, we can do the the, the whole nine. Yep. Had I known that I could have taken some some easy shortcuts and borrowed money or, or got an investment, like who know who the fuck knows where we would have been? Yep. You know what I'm saying? So
1: I, I'm- But I'm, I bet that scrappiness is exactly why you yeah. build what you built. Oh,
0: 100%. And, and I think that goes, everybody in esports has a, a, a sort of level of scrappiness. Maybe not the new teams, no offense, that, that, that are coming into the space, but- I guess we don't know, and we won't know for another five to ten years what the right approach would have been. You yeah, know what and I'm maybe saying?
1: there's multiple. Maybe there is no perfect. What's the third? You know, maybe it's a combination of a little yeah. bit of this and a little bit of that. You know,
0: I always wondered, and this is something that that always um, baffled me and and sort of raised the allure of of the evil geniuses machine because I always used to, and, and Nate and I used to sit down and like, I'm like, how the fuck are they getting sponsors? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are what are they selling? And and I, and it's not like I could have gone to Alex. I'm like, yo, maybe I should have, and he would have probably helped. But I, I never knew like what it was that how it was that you guys were getting so many fucking sponsors. You know, I'm like, we have all of the views. I'm like, look at our views, and then we would we would compare, and then we see. And I'm like, I'm like, we're doing something wrong, and and I am not a smart enough businessman to know, and I don't even know who to ask.
1: Yeah, yeah, in, in,
0: in that scenario, but it was it was always like. Incredible to me the amount of like when Monster came on with obviously all the PC stuff and I'm like man how do I explain to PC companies that even though we're a console team we create content on a yeah. fucking computer and kids want to create content and be YouTubers in the past nobody wanted to be YouTubers but we're like everybody's gonna want to be a YouTuber so accessible everyone's gonna be like sponsor us we're gonna
1: yep never happened they didn't understand YouTube yeah they didn't, they didn't get what you they didn't get. What you had before you
0: I explained I went to to Steel Series and at the time they were sponsoring you guys and some other people and um and and I went to their headquarters in Chicago with our trophy, our first trophy ever, sitting right there. And I and I sat in the middle and we had a conversation and I'm like, all right, I I I fucking printed pamphlets and booklets and shit. And I'm like, here's our growth, here's where we plan to be. Um this is why you should sponsor us. And I remember clearly, I, I, I'm I, like, this is why you should sponsor us. Because no matter what, whether we bring one of these, and I knocked on the, on the, on the trophy, or not, we're still going to have 200,000 views on a video on a Tuesday. Yeah. That's why you should sponsor us. And they still didn't get it. And I was just like, mind blown that something so common sense to me wasn't common sense at all.
1: See, now they would think about you being a lifestyle opportunity, and they should invest. Whereas mm-hmm. before, they were like, well, yeah, but you guys don't use keyboards. You don't use mice. Mm-hmm. You don't use... Yeah, maybe they probably went. Oh, I guess you can maybe use our headsets, but yeah. wait, our headsets aren't that good on console. So mm-hmm. yeah, like they didn't see the the natural fit, right? But the natural fit is your audience on YouTube, not necessarily having yeah. to use. But they need again. They're like a golf club company. They want you to swing their clubs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's even lessened now. But back then, like you you didn't per- like they didn't think about YouTube like they would now. Yeah.
0: It's insane to me. Like it was, I, I and, and I guess that's good, right? We we sort of took advantage of a of a hole, a massive, massive, you know, missing, yep. uh, whatever that 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 we came in and plugged in and 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 succeeded in a sense. Um, where where are you today, man? Like, what are you doing? Obviously, you 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 did your legendary esports stuff. You're now uh, obviously helping players, which to me it's like awesome, right? Yeah. It, it's it's uh it's good. Um, do you plan on expanding into other esports or are you just a Counter-Strike player friendly or do you already work with other...
1: Oh, no, e-sports? the player, yeah. So the player association is Counter-Strike only. Yeah. I mean, just like professional sports, they kind of have to be done by sport. Yeah. Um. Even though we all play video games, like the nuances of it and what, what a Counter-Strike ca- player cares about versus a League of Legends guy, the ecosystems are different. Mm-hmm. Um. So definitely... Definitely Counter Strike only. Although I've given plenty of advice to player groups and other yeah. games that are trying to figure out how to do it, and you know, explaining how we did it and why we did it, yep. and, you know, why the players did it. So yeah, that, I'm an advisor to the PA. You know, now we're officially up and running, and it is a legalized thing. You know, that fight started about two years ago, mm-hmm. um, but now it's a real deal organization, starting to work on like CBAs, so to speak, if you will, with all the other tournament organizers and discussing stuff with Valve. Um so that's really really cool but that's a passion project you know I'm a volunteer if you will I don't get paid. Um but yeah I don't see it I don't see it itself worrying about other games it no. it, it needs to be focused.
0: Yeah I, I I I know that there's a if I wouldn't have if I wouldn't have hopped back in to to what I'm doing now I would have gone your route. I would have gone and and, and been a a player rep of some sorts because I think I think we did a really good job in, in in always having that, and maybe it was easier for me because I literally they're my friends, yeah. and they were like my kids, not my kids, my like my younger younger brothers. But uh, I'm I'm glad that that you're doing that, yeah, specifically in Counter Strike, because. To this day, I'll say Counter Strike is a, is is the easiest and most exciting eSport to watch for me. I, obviously, other people sure. like other things, but as a Call of Duty lover, you don't see any Counter Strike stuff here. Uh, yeah. But hopefully, one day we we will. I'll send you some. Um, you know, some. I wish that I had more old stuff from from the days. But um, I, I think, and I always talk about this. Any single time that I'm talking about anybody in Counter Strike, I always say that the the, the problem with Counter Strike right now is the amount of fucking games that are going. Sure, is, sure. Is is. And it's difficult and tough for the players though too, right? For like fuck, weekend after weekend after weekend, Tariq posted something that he hadn't been home in six months. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. What kind of lifestyle is that for a player? But more importantly, let's think bigger. How do we make Counter Strike continue to be exciting? And it's not by watching Astralis play uh liquid or Astralis play liquid or Astralis play liquid week after week after fucking weekend. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it what it, what like what what where do you
1: begin? I mean, I think um, I think part of it is, you know, it's a little bit of natural selection. So I would say even a couple of years ago when uh, we had even more tournament organizers, Gfinity was throwing events and even more people were dipping. Because there was a time when Counter-Strike was the hot new game to get into. Mm-hmm. That's We're not that anymore. Like Fortnite is here and there's other games here. The, the Battle Royale genre is blown up in, entirely. Um, so a little bit of natural selection. People dip their toes in, try to see if they can find a place. And if they can't, they dip out. E-League. Dipped back out, right? They don't do Counter Strike anymore. So a little bit of natural selection. But again, like if you enter Counter Strike, like you're competing against ESL mm-hmm. and DreamHack, like yep. they are the market share yep. of our tournaments. Yep. Run the Pro League. You know, we do have ECS running a the Pro League as well, if you will. But really, when it comes to our big events, it's kind of ESL's world, and everybody else kind of plays in it. Yeah. Um, I think
0: they, they do a great job. So they I'm, do a great I'm, job. I'm, They've earned I'm that. I'm okay They've been with here it. Yeah. As long as all yeah. of us, yeah.
1: right? The, the 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 core of ESL goes back 20 plus years too. Mm-hmm. So um uh, they definitely uh have righted their ship a couple years ago they got a lot of grief for how they did events but they've turned that all around i think how you fix it is you you give again like we've already started to do players have agency over where they go right so they have smart starting to naturally figure out like look if we go to every freaking event we're not going to win any of them mm-hmm. better to skip one. astralis prime example they started skipping events they started winning the events they showed up to now this last little row they skipped maybe too many yeah but Everyone forgets that they skipped events before they made their run, too, right? So it's players and their their management figuring out, okay, what makes sense. We don't have to go everywhere. But again, when you're in the world of a sponsor paid business, that shirt's got to be on a stage every weekend, right? Mm -hmm. Or I don't get paid. Yeah. So owners have to understand that. Look, it's better to to skip because we'll do better. We'll win more. Because how do you fix what you what you broke? You know, we got our ass kicked last weekend. But if we have to get out, if we come home for two days. And I have to get right back on airplanes. We're yeah. never going to fix what happened last yeah. weekend.
0: Not only do you not have personal time to wind down from the fucking adrenaline rush, yep. rush that you just went through, through the sadness of losing, or the uh, or, or or the high intensity of winning, you also have to concentrate on like how do you continue yeah. to win, or how do you how do you fix what you lost? Like you have no time for that. And as a fan, and I am, I I, I, I stopped watching regularly like a year ago, man. Yeah,
1: and it used to be worse. Our pro leagues used to be online only so like the es the epl and the ecs was online so it was even less valuable because i just saw Astralis play liquid at an event now they're going to play tuesday from their homes in a best of one like so those numbers drop no one watches that but the players still have to play it Mm -hmm. right so like now i've flown home and i got to play these online matches and then get back on an airplane so i think some of that is and these leagues have kind of separated esl has gone to a land-based weak league at a mm-hmm. time. So ECS Amazing shows. Yeah. So it all makes sense that kind of naturally we're figuring this out. Um, I think you're going to probably see a little bit of a fight on the big boys. You know, Valve has said you can't have exclusive leagues anymore, but that won't stop leagues from stepping on top of each other. That's how they'll make them exclusive. Like you can't put in your bylaws. If you play in this league, you can't play in this league. But now, if I put this league and it overlaps your league, mm. by virtue of you wanting to be in my league, you're not going to be able to play in the other one. So they're going to they're going to fight in different ways. You watch. So and maybe we need a little bit of that consolidation. Maybe we need a little bit. Like I don't think we're ever going to get to a 24 teams franchise model, and that's. The only teams in Counter Strike. You don't think that that would. Uh, I don't think Valve will ever close the door like a Riot or an <laughs> Overwatch, but you never know. Yeah, I th-
0: you know what, I, and and uh, I'm very vocal about about the the city based franchising, um, and and obviously i I say that very biasedly because we were able to build luckily we're able to build a fan base you know big enough to where it, it transcends borders and yep and waters. Uh, but i think it, i think that in 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 a valve situation it would make perfect sense because then you can really have the storylines throughout a season i mean you already have the best spectator fucking esport all you need is to plan out when and how often not to play those things yeah
1: and and, and valve's getting better on that they used to not really pay it to, like when it comes to counter strike valve doesn't necessarily manage the esports ecosystem like they do with dota or mm-hmm. like other devs do with their game they yeah. are very let the third parties fight over it. Here's your license. Don't mess with these major dates, and you all have fun. They're very hands off now. Whether they should be or not is anyone's guess, right? Mm-hmm. They're not that way with Dota. They're very yeah. hands on. Um, so, in absence of that, you have t- tournament organizers that just it's 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 cannibalized. Like let's just jump on everything, right? Mm-hmm. But what I think with what ESL has announced, where they've their pro league is going to tie into this series of LAN events, and there's a continuity there and that's your storyline that goes all the way through right the intel grand slam win six of these you win a million bucks used to be win four of them mm-hmm. they've changed that because they gave away two million bucks mm-hmm. right bad idea i'm sure the intel guy's like wait i thought you told me no one was gonna win for and then astralis wins but i thought mm-hmm. you told me no one would do it again yeah and liquid does it quicker it's like yeah. ooh, ooh. so i think i think that esl product is gonna lean more towards this kind of continuous year-round storyline mm-hmm. now while they build that, they are going to try to put everybody outside of business as they do it, though, right? Yeah. So, And I, I I like competition. I think if, if ESL has a star ladder or a blast or anyone to push against them, that makes them all better. The minute one guy owns it all, he can sit back a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to ever sit back. But we are a little oversaturated. Liquid, like 240-some-odd days on the road last year, right? Already booking to do the exact same thing this year. Now, thankfully, what we've done is Valve has figured out when the majors are, and we have been able to uh, set with the PA an official month-long player break in the summer. Mm -hmm. So regardless of how hard they work in those six months, they get 30 days off, right? Mm -hmm. No tournaments, right? Yeah. Um, And then everyone gets their winter break. So they've got some good breaks, um, but it's not like pro sports where you've got a full season and a good chunk of off season. There's no—it's just a little bit of a break, right? Yeah. Yeah. so, but I don't think Valve is gonna. Like, in a perfect world, Valve would sit down with the calendar and go, "Okay, we're gonna make this better for all of you, even though you don't think it. We're gonna make sure you don't step on each other." Yeah. Here's your window, ESL. Then we're gonna lead. Like I've always said to these guys, like because they do their they do their leagues at the same time, right? But what if it was the ESL league in the winter that led to the ECS league in the summer, or you know, spring, fall, summer, winter, yeah. spring? But but right now they're kind of step on each other. But the storylines could talk to each other, right? Oh, these are the EPL champions. Now they're going to start their run at ECS. But that would mean two TOs having a to nod to each other and play yeah. friendly. Yeah. Um, but that's how you as a fan, because I don't care if it's an ESL event or a blast event. Yeah. It's Astralis and Liquid to me on a yeah. stage, right? Yeah. So, But getting businesses to play that nice when no one's helping regulate them playing mm-hmm. nice is really difficult, right? It's a cold cut world. It man. is a cold cut world, man. <laughs> and I like it. You know. I like it, uh, but it, it definitely creates some challenges yeah. for everybody.
0: I, I, I don't know about any other esport that has that that same sort of uh, problem with the oversaturation of it, uh, but, but I do think that and very biasly, obviously, from a spectator spe- standpoint, I want to see those. Yeah. Like the the reason that I stopped watching UFC, the the, the way that I used to follow UFC, is because there's it, a fucking fight every weekend. I'm good. Yep. You know, yep. I want to see people fight like every so often. Only I want only want to see major cards and 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 get introduced through the Ultimate Fighter to new play, new new fighters and stuff. So I don't know. I, I think it's it's definitely something that needs to be a little bit more. Yeah. You know. And, and maybe maybe you're the guy to do it because of
1: well and the player <laughs> association is certainly trying to do our part to at least unify the player voice and present that voice to everybody else in the ecosystem you know yeah. and it, will it all be perfectly listened to no mm-hmm. but you gotta at least be at the table right so yeah. we're at the table now for years we weren't even at the table
0: yeah so. well that's good uh, i think they, they picked the right guy to rep them um because Excellent. you're very outspoken and uh and you have a you have a clean slate which is which in in how many years 20 years that you've been 20 years yeah that's good that's a good record to have um so uh, on that what what are you what are you up to now tell me tell so, me everything
1: yeah so the cool thing he told uh, me not to
0: ask you like you know everything because you'll tell me everything so tell me everything
1: yeah i mean the cool thing that uh you know so obviously uh my my, my best buddy jason alchemist baker uh also producer director you know w- again with me at got um went on to run E-League's production for all their Counter-Strike, went on to open the first season of Overwatch, doing all the training, all the in-game observers, his whole team ran all the observing. Um, Jason is a a master of figuring out a game and then figuring out how to tell the story of the round or the game for the fan, how to turn it into that sport and and show that, right? Um, So we've been, you know, ever since we stopped working at Gafrag, we've always been like, God, what if, wouldn't it be cool? Like, what about this show idea? What, like, always just bouncing shit off each other. Like, like he worked uh, the MLG Columbus major. So I got, to, I was the host of that, and he was behind the scenes. So, like, we've had a few things where we've been able to work together, um, but not like we used to. And uh, in January, I get a, a call from a friend of mine in town who own, owns a small esports consultant firm, teaches a class at ASU. And he's like, hey, man, there's a studio in Scottsdale that is looking to get into gaming and esports, and, you know, you're the guy in town, you know, um, I know you're retired, but go, you know, go meet these guys. Seems like a cool place. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'm re- sure. Yeah. And I've been thinking for the last couple years, like year or so, like I also have a problem. I'm very outspoken, but I have a problem with myself being so outspoken, but like sitting back and not being involved. Like, yeah. you, like my dad is saying, he didn't make up the same, but he had a little plaque on his desk. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Right, and it always again not his same, but it always stuck with me. And I'm like, I'm sitting back here being my asshole self, but I'm not helping anymore. The player thing, yes, but I'm not involved in the world anymore. I stepped away, and so it's kind of disingenuous to sit over here and go, hey, "Y'all fucking doing it wrong again." Like I felt bad about it, so I'm like, "What am I gonna do?" I didn't because I didn't want to just go back and be a host or be a producer for somebody else because that's a day wage job, and then you walk like there's no grit there, right? Mm-hmm. You don't own anything. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's a lot of travel. Uh, My elderly mom lives with me. I take care of my mom. So I I wanted to travel less. So I wasn't going to go back into event logistics and I didn't want to go back into what I was doing freelance and esports. So I I take this meeting. I go down. I meet this guy, Ben, who you met. He's here. Um, And I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? And so he shows me this in world class broadcast facility, sound stages, like big, nice, gorgeous studio in Scottsdale, Arizona in a nice part of town. And I didn't really do my due diligence on who owned the building or anything. So I get the whole tour. And again, it's beautiful. Control rooms like you'd see at Turner Sports. Mm-hmm. like 4,000 square foot soundstage. Another 600 foot soundstage that does full audio broadcast. You could bring a full band in there and record an album if you wanted to. And I'm literally blown away. I'm walking around 4K cameras on pedestals that cost more than my car and shit. I'm like, we get the whole tour done and we sit in this boardroom that is literally an airplane wing with a big glass thing on it. And it's just beautiful beautiful conference room. I'm like, all right, Ben, what the fuck? Where did, where did this thing come from? Who owns this thing? Why is it in a beautiful part of Scottsdale, Arizona? Because most production facilities are in warehousey parts in the, of town yeah, because outskirts. you need big space, of right? Course. So they're not in nice parts of town. In uh, Scottsdale is kind of like our Beverly Hills, our fancy area, mm-hmm. Phoenix. That's where you know the big resorts are, golf, tennis, all that stuff. And so he's like, oh, this is owned by Mr. Parsons. And I'm like, Mr. Parsons, that rings a bell. He's like, yeah, Bob Parsons, you Go GoDaddy. And I'm like, oh, that guy, right? And so, billionaire lives in town, uh, You know, basically built QuickBooks before it was QuickBooks, sold it to Intuit, then built GoDaddy, sold that away slowly but surely. And now they sold it all. Billionaires on Bill Gates and Melinda Gates. Like, I think it's called the giving list, where you're pledged to give half your wealth in your lifetime away, right? Mm-hmm. Him and his wife, they have their own foundation, super wealthy guy, right? And he owns like 13, 15 or so businesses in town. Owns the largest Harley-Davidson dealership in North America. Big bike guy, big golf guy. Owns a golf course in town, private golf course. Owns a golf club company, PXG, makes you know custom golf clubs, sponsors pro golfers. Um, and I guess you know the, the nature of the studio being built is he used to take all his production business, all his commercials. He's got commercials and all that kind of stuff. He used to take all that work to LA, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he got tired of it. Arm and a leg. And he's like, I'm just, I want to build this and I want to build it right next to my dealership. I mm-hmm. want to, cause he owns all this land in North Scottsdale. And he literally built like, again, like a stupidly nice facility to make all his commercials. And then the idea was we can maybe make movies here. We can, other people in town can rent the facility, make their commercials. And that's how we'll biz dev this thing. Right? Um, and we don't give tax credits in Arizona yet so the movie industry never really showed up it's all being lobbied right now but you yeah. could you could film pieces of avatar in this green screen area yeah. right it's that's what it was built for like the floor is cushioned so it 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 there's no audio no like uh, quiet ac like it, it's built it's stupidly nice hector right it still smells like a new car when i'm there too right not getting a whole lot of business right they had They had the AAF in there this last year, the football league that Mm -hmm. didn't quite, They, you know, CBS Sports hired these guys. So when I was in there checking it out, they were prepping for the AAF, right? They did the broadcast desk there, the play-by-play color, you know, the halftime desk, the whole nine yards, and did the game, A game every week out of this facility. Um, And so he's like, yeah, Parsons built this, you know, he was tired of going to LA, so he just just built it, right? Um, And it's, I'm just blown away, right? So I'm like, interesting. And And so I leave the meeting and I'm like, Maybe I would go work for these guys, you know, because Ben and the guys that are there know sports, they know live TV, but they don't know crap about gaming and esports. But they the, what their biz Devin is very similar, mm. right? Pro sports and pro esports, right? You Need kind of the same shit, right? Actually, it's harder to do esports than it is pro sports, because not only do you need all the cameras that pro sports have, we need about five more inside the game, right? Because we have to observe the game, right? So it's even harder um, than just static cameras watching a football. Right, uh, we tell our we tell our games differently because we can get inside those yeah. games, right? So yeah, I was like, yeah, maybe I maybe I'd go to work for them, right? So then I called Jason, my my good buddy. I'm like, dude, yeah, I'm, I'm like, you're not gonna believe, and it, this thing is literally 15 minutes from my house. Yeah, like three lefts out of my garage, yeah. and I'm at the office. I'm like, this is great, Jason. Yeah. You're not going to believe this place. And I just start ranting to him about how awesome this place is, right? And Jason worked at Turner Sports, right? He worked in the mecca of sports broadcasting. And I'm like, dude, this place is sick. And Jason had got hired by these guys at GG Group uh, that own own Rivalry, the sports book. Uh, Well, the parent company, Pummel, PMML, Canadian investors, super nice guys, um, wanted to spend their money right, you know, trying to figure out where to spend their money. And... They hired Jason because they're thinking about building a studio somewhere. They sponsor a lot of Richard Lewis's content. They own a, a gaming team, Chaos, in, in Atlanta. So they they wanted an eSports studio, right? Nothing like I had just seen. So Jason was on, on a consulting feed to help them figure out, should it be in Toronto? Should it be in Atlanta? And then once we built, how many square foot do we need? What gear do we buy? Do we buy TriCasters? Do we buy something else? What kind of cameras? So Jason is kind of helping them figure out All of this, right? And so I I call him like, dude, I didn't know he was doing this at the time. I'm like, bro. And he's like, well, I'm talking to these guys about a studio. And I'm like, I just saw a studio, bro. So I'm like, you all need to come see this because if they don't care where the studio is, maybe this is the place and it's already built. So him and the investor, Stephen, come down. They see it. They vet that I'm not losing my mind on how nice this is. And out of that meeting with Sneaky Big, the name of the studio is Sneaky Big in Scottsdale, um, we basically... We formed a company, Sneaky Big is letting us embed this company in their company, basically a production company inside a production facility, right? Uh, with obviously rates that are out of the world for us. It makes perfect sense for us to be in there, right? Mm-hmm. So they're a partner, but they're not necessarily an ownership partner, right? But they're kind of a facilities partner, right? Yeah. Uh, and, it, and what it allows Ben to do at Sneaky Big is like he does now, he has people in the in the building he trusts. So if anyone talks to him about gaming or esports, he can lean on us and vice versa. We can lean on them for all the sports stuff. So, you know, we have uh studio space, you know, we use their studio space. We're going to have our own little studio space, similar to kind of what you have going on here. Mm-hmm. But we have also have office space because we're, yeah. we're going to build out to maybe have 15 or so employees eventually in this place. Um, and the idea is that we're going to do original programming. So we'll have yep. weekly shows, you yep. know, news shows, opinion shows. I'm going to have a, a, a weekly show yep. where I get to rant. Yeah. Right. Um, and then obviously the world of white labeling other people's content, helping tournament organizers. We want to be very additive to the studio. Yeah, I'm not yeah, looking yeah. to be ESL. I want to help ESL. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, How can we make shoulder content for you? How can we yeah, help you with yeah. stuff, right? Um, how can we film commercials for teams, right? Because you have to film your HyperX commercials. You have to film all these things. This facility can help you with those things. So very additive. Um, and, and in again, Phoenix.
0: So it's going to be super affordable.
1: Yeah, super uh, 45 minute flight from LA, right? And again, where he put this thing, you could stay at a $50 nice motel or you could stay at the West in Kierlin for 200 bucks a night, five-star versus, you know, regular motel. So the range for a team of whatever they want to put there, food, you know, all that close to the air, 15 minutes from Sky Harbor Airport right up the freeway, just perfect
0: all around spot. perfect.
1: And the town itself doesn't do much esports, so if we can do anything to attract Esports events, it's the fifth largest city in the country, Phoenix, right? Scottsdale's just a suburb of Phoenix, right? So if we can figure out how to activate some of these arenas as well in our town mm-hmm. and bring business to, to the area, because no one comes to Arizona, right? I don't know why. Well, I know why, because there, there's a... I asked Apicella years ago when they were doing, you know, their tours. I'm like, why don't you ever come to Phoenix, man? We got a great convention center, especially in the summer when you do your tours, dirt cheap rates. Right? It's warm, so it's cheap, right? And he's like, Warm, can't. is that what yeah, you call warm, it? Warm. Yeah. Warm. Um and he was like, We can't. There's a there's a law. There was a law on the books. It's still on the books. Oh yeah. That basically yep, yep. uh that his, their lawyers interpreted as uh no gaming no gaming it's a game of chance because what ML, mlg charges for a team pass right you buy in so they ruled that as your vig into a gambling type event yeah even though it's really a game of skill right yes yeah, you're buying a team pass yeah but there's no randomness to winning the of event course like gambling not. No. right so betting on yourself his lawyers years ago said just stay away from arizona mm-hmm. and so they did that's right. right and so i think that trickled out to everybody else and they all just stayed away but now you talk to the CVB, you know, the convention visitor Bureau, and they're like, ah, no, 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 man. Like that, We new world, yeah. new world, new yeah. world, grandfather law doesn't really matter anymore. So we want to see if we can get some of these tier ones because we have big arenas too, right? Um, but the studio is built to do remote productions, right? So they already can do like remote football games, basketball games, because the internet is caught up to where you can send all your cameras. So the days of like the NFL rolling 10 trucks into a parking lot to do mm-hmm. Monday night football, now they send five trucks and those five other trucks are actually permanent control rooms in whatever building is doing it. And they just beam it all back, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, Turner does that with basketball games. A lot of people do their halftime shows already remotely, but now they're starting to figure out how to do the actual games remotely. And Sneaky Big is doing it. They did AAF remotely, they're biz dev all sorts of stuff, golf football, all sorts of different stuff. So maybe there's a world for us to help, Uh, you know, maybe ESL doesn't need to send the analyst desk to China, but we can do the analyst desk from here, you know, and we'll, you you know, just how do we remote that kind of stuff? So lots of future stuff out of this building as well that we're very excited about. But again, like if you gave me, if you came to me as a VC guy and said, Scott, I'll write you a blank check, build an esports studio I would never build something this nice. I would, I would it's just, it's too nice yeah. in that sense. It's kind of like walking around what Lake's got at the Cowboys. It's like, this yeah. is beyond nice, right? Oh, it's like, incredible. The incredible it, facility. The, just the, the spit and polish to it, you know, like, and again, this place, 4K cameras on pedestals. Again, it's like a TV production studio. So again, when I was like, it's a, when it worked out. I was like, I guess this is what I'm doing. This is what's getting me off the couch. So, you know, Jason and I founded this thing, co-owners of it. Obviously, we have an investment group that owns a piece of it as well. Uh, you know, a good chunk of it, as you know how that goes. Um, but uh, I think the coolest thing about it for us is a world class facility, we don't have to worry about any of the text shut. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to upgrade the cameras. I don't have to upgrade anything. Like that's someone else's way. like, no more white balance in the cameras, no more, you know, world-class stuff, right? Yeah. And so we can focus our money and our capital on the content, content. creation yeah. side of it, right? And the staffing to build that part of the engine, right? So it's, a, it's an amazing partnership. And again, Mr. Parsons is very entrepreneurial and so are all his employees. So Sneaky Big is very entrepreneurial. They're loving us in the building, right? Like. Ben just got back from Europe, big broadcasting show, IBC, and like he can now say, oh, yeah, we uh, I don't know eSports, but we got guys in the building that do. Have you heard of these guys? And they're like, oh, shit, they're in your building. Yeah. So it opens his what he's biz dev and it makes it easier for him to have those conversations because like, he might biz dev it, but then he'll turn it over to us because we know how to show in-game stuff. We know how to do those kind of content in yeah, that production. We yeah. know how to sell it. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. Do not peak entertainment, man. Um, I like really it. I excited. like the name. Yeah. Don't peak. Do not, don't peak. It's right. Don't peek.
0: Especially when I have the A, you know, that op in my head. Exactly. Don't, Don't peek.
1: Be. Yeah, and so that's what we're doing. So that's my new thing. I'm out of retirement, still doing the player thing, but yeah, yeah now full-on content creation studio, and uh, I get to stay home and do it, though. I get to drive to work every day. Yeah,
0: that's, that's cool. I, I'm, it's I'm cool. Eight, I'm eight to, it was like uh, let's call it 15 minutes. I'm 15 minutes from home. And I'm about the same. Yeah, and yeah. it's super easy to get here. I used to ride my motorcycle or my Super 73, but... A way too hot. Yeah. The tires started fucking melting. I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah, it's too hot. too no, hot. No, no, Yeah, no, so that's what we're me.
1: doing, you know. And again, to go to work every day with my best mate, and, yeah. And, and and even things that like we talk about shit that we talked about at Goffrey TV in our little studio with MLG sponsorship going. Wouldn't it be cool if we could? And now mm-hmm. we're like, we can actually do that. Now. Yeah, that makes sense business wise, and it, it's something you could actually do now that maybe you couldn't have done back then. So yeah, just again, pinching myself every day at work still. You that's know? amazing. Bro. Yeah. Very excited. Well,
0: I look I look forward to the content that's going to be coming out of there. Um,
1: why why are you in town? I'm in town cuz Jason actually is on an SVG panel. SVG stands for Sports Video Group and they're a, they're a broadcast uh, lobbyist company that throws business panels SVG's all around the world and they break bring you know people that make the gear in people that use the gear in and this one is at the Arlington Stadium yeah um, so very esports focused so you got guys from the sports world the guys from the gear world and esports guys so they invited Jason to come yeah. talk about telling the story of uh, of a Counter-Strike match how do you tell that so he's on a panel Ben ended up being on a panel as well and I, I'm like I'm coming along because I wanted to, I told Lake I want to come see your facility I knew you were in town And then I I remembered Hastro was in town, so like, let's just see everybody. Yeah. You know, Um, and we're kind of giving. Who did you create
0: content with while you were here?
1: Uh, You. Thanks. Come on, man. You, dog. You. No one was ready for me. You were ready for me. That's the very first thing you said to me. Was Yeah. Eastrop. Eastrop. Yeah.
0: I think about me first. You right. know what I'm saying? Content, okay. <laughs> content is king, baby.
1: Um, and it was neat because and, and we're kind of teaching Ben the world so yeah. him to see these different facilities, how they're differently built. And, yeah. you know, you're very different than what complexity has. Yeah. Obviously, Mike is building upstairs out. Um, very, very different stuff. And so, yeah, tomorrow it's an all-day well, panel this is, there. this is
0: me, though. This is no backing. This is yeah, just this is me. They, they, they have... Yeah, they, got, know, they, they got, got all that money. Yeah, they got, they got excellent partners. partners. They got all you know that money. This yeah, is a yeah.
1: pretty cool vibe too, though. This is your vibe. Oh, it's your vibe. It's, yeah, you're
0: kidding me? Of course. Yeah. I'm, so pr- I'm so proud of it. Like, I come in here and I'm like, damn, I wish my basement, if Texas had basements, would look like this. Yeah, this is nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I'm here to support them. those guys tomorrow at the panel and obviously do some biz dev talking to other people in the building. And then I'm off to TwitchCon and they all go home.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I'm not going to TwitchCon kind of this year. Too much going on, as you can yeah, probably tell. Yeah, you're a little tell. busy, right? Um, the announcement. Yeah, but I'm happy though. I'm 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 excited about the new the new journey. I'm excited about the new I'm thing, and for I'm excited you. for you too, dude. Yeah. Jinx.
1: Jinx. Boom, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little. I wouldn't say nervous or worried about you because obviously no reason to be those yeah. things. But uh, again, same kind of thing. I'm I'm glad you found something to get back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I got really lucky with a uh, with uh, with Andy coming. You know, and he he came here. Uh, like two months ago, through the through the Sundance introduction, he came. Perfect. He came to visit. We hung out, took a picture of him, put it on the wall. I'm gonna take a picture, put it on the wall, and uh and and we got to talking, and then we just kept talking and talking and talking. We were just like, I, I was, I, I I finally felt comfortable enough to be like, yeah, let's let's uh let's do this thing.
1: Good for you. So that's a big change for you. Big risk. I mean, you're yeah, you're literally. I mean, you're gonna try to rebuild your thing, but in a way, it is. A competitive brand, and yeah, and all those kind of things. But. Yeah, I,
0: I'm. I'm uh, the the weird thing is, I keep saying is that I need to get used to being NRG hacks. Yeah, <laughs> energy hacks. Yep. Um, as because I don't. I don't think I'll ever get used to not being optic hacks. Absolutely. You know? um, but anyway, thank you for stopping by, brother. I appreciate Pleasure, you, man. When's the next time that we can? Uh, we should do like a like a. I'm trying to get the next the next podcast. So what I'm doing, just so you know, the, the strategy here is that I do individual podcasts like this, but then I want to get a group together. Um, and I want to get like a, like a good Counter-Strike group together to have another eavesdrop and, and talk business uh, in the business of Counter-Strike. Um, because why, th- why don't you
1: let us do that with you in
0: Scottsdale? Uh, why I, don't we host that? Yeah. You can have the content, but... But then what? What's Maddie gonna do? He loves doing these. Maddie things. can come <laughs> sit in our control room and help call the show. <laughs> he, he's not. He's gonna be pushing buttons and shit. And we can do it
1: live. I mean, yeah, I, I it's your yeah. live. I'm not trying. Uh, to ev- eventually, it. Is, this is yeah. gonna be
0: live as soon as Maddie figures out how to do it. okay it'll be? Well, as soon as I figure out how to do, it, he's just he's just waiting. Uh, but yeah, man, thank you so much. I appreciate Pleasure. you. Um, Again, I'll reach out and then figure out the, the rest of the stuff. Yeah, if and if you're ever in cool. my neck of
1: the woods, like obviously when we start doing content, yeah, I, I will I want to do a phone let, interview with absolutely. you or something I'll or get you in, in the building. That'd I will fly awesome.
0: in on my own dime, mark it down. Yeah, as long as it works it. with my schedule, yeah, we'll I will be there. We'll work it out, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate <laughs> you. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode number 43. Goddamn 20 after Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, uh, God, basketball, best basketball player in the world and has that the world has ever seen will ever see in my opinion uh but yeah thank you for stopping by we'll see you guys again huge uh shout out to manscaped hymns and of course butcher box and i always bring up the fact that we don't have the bacon yet man and i'm upset about it anyway we'll see you guys on the next one goodbye